And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. Welcome back, hustlers. This is Andrew Morgans, your host from Marknology. Uh, excited about our guest today, as always. But before we get started, let's give a shout out to our sponsor for the day. The sponsor is Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. If you have software needs or developers, they are your go-to. Brent, nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's let's get started. Just talk, tell a little bit about um, you know your role at Truth Becomes Her and and how you got started. Sure, I think it's interesting. This is uh, I'm I'm normally not behind uh, uh, I'm behind the camera, not in front of it. So my wife is the face of our company and is on air every day and does podcast uh, media every day. And I rarely do this, so this is this is fun. But um, my wife and I started a company called Truth Becomes Her. We um, create uh, we have books. We're a publishing company. We're a media company as well. We produce. Uh, products for young girls uh, focusing on female heroes of the Bible. And we also, too, have other educational products that help raise girls in the culture that we are in. I love it. And I I know some of your story just from, you know, us working together and having conversations in the past, whether it's you helping build me as a brand and my company or, you know, sharing ideas. Um, I, I specifically remember a big turning point being when you guys, you know, started getting, co getting coaching with this business. Um, and that's something I'd like to talk about a little bit today. Like, you know, um, your wife's the face of the business, me and you chat a lot, you know, you as the COO kind of talking about what we're doing on Amazon and you being one of our biggest um, book brands that we manage uh, at Marknology on Amazon. Um, How did you guys get into books and publishing? Yeah, it was uh, it was not by choice. Um, we just really uh, could not find any products that we 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 found in the Christian market that were um, super high quality and targeting young girls and and helping them connect to the Bible and these awesome heroes. Uh, these also, excuse me, these awesome female heroes of the Bible. Yeah, and was this your guys' first attempt at, at creating a brand or, or starting a company? And you just like, you know, had a lot of passion and were like, hey, let's create something that's missing in the market? Or did this kind of happen as an evolution? Yeah, so I would say that we really saw a need in the market where this this product was not was not currently being offered. And then in addition to that, when we really looked out just to honestly not to start a company, but just to solve this problem, like there has to be this product out there, we not only could not find it, but everything that we saw uh, out there was just disappointing. And when I surveyed the the publishing uh, landscape, I really saw that it was an antiquated marketplace, but that it was ripe for disruption. So between those two things, seeing that need and then seeing this opportunity, you know, we were both working full time at that. We both quit our jobs and we flushed our retirement savings to to launch this call this company. I love it. That's all in. Um... <laughs> No, and I think that that's the only way to, you know, truly win as a, as a business owner and entrepreneur. Like this podcast is 
podcast by founders for founders. So a lot of our listeners are in the same space as us or looking to be in the same space or, um, you know, so I think a lot of them can relate to that. You talked about it being a antiquated market or an antiquated, um, you know, segment, Christian goods, Christian apparel, Christian music as someone that, um, my first business, if I was to hang my hat and say, this is, I had a first business, it was, um, being in a Christian band and, you know, I played for about four years, we toured and all kinds of stuff. And so saw some of that business side, um, you know, of the Christian market and really even on the music side, it was, um, you know, trying to produce a product that was more modern and what, you know, more modern, but with the same kind of message behind, you know, the material. And, and I think that the Christian space in general, uh, from a business perspective is, is, um, ready for disruption, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would say that, you know, there's, there's some neat opportunities where we really were able to create such an awesome product where we really up the quality of, of everything that we are doing and then the approach as well. But then also to just publishing in general is a pretty antiquated um, older system that I feel like is dying. And they're really just with publishers, they are kind of holding on to this old model that has just not made its way uh, into the current landscape uh, that we operate in, that everyone no. operates in. You're right. And as someone that's helping authors now, um, helping some different brands and even some authors get their book launched on Amazon, um, you know, launching on Amazon isn't that hard. Um, but if these authors are, have any kind of relationships, deep tied relationships with publishers, it can be very hard. Um, just the, the old way of publishing and, and the new system of e-commerce and things like that are not really set up to, um, you know, to work together. Let's, Let's take a little sidestep. What got you guys, you know, focused on e-commerce as part of your plan? Well, I really like, you know, I didn't step in here going, I'm going to recreate the entire publishing industry. I really looked out at other industries and applied, you know, this direct to consumer model to the publishing industry and then just did a bunch of other creative things as well. So, you know, it, it was an already existing model that was thriving. I saw the future of it. I saw, I was able to see retail, you know, decreasing and this increasing. And we just applied basically that and really focused on how do we storytell well and how do we support and build a brand with um, brand ambassadors and brand evangelists to really get this thing up and going. And we just didn't need distributors. We didn't need retailers and these other different middlemen to do that. No, I love it. And we're still working on things now, you know, a year plus in together as far as profitability and what's the best product and what's the best way to storytell and um, different things like that. And I think that, you know, I give you, give Truth Becomes Her props where it's due in regards to um, you guys doing all the right things, you know, off Amazon. A lot of those things that Marknology can't control whenever we're engaging with a brand is, you know, what are they doing with them influencers or ambassadors or off Amazon or email lists or um, any, any number of those other e-commerce strategies like how big has your own knowledge mixed with, you know, partners, even outside Marknology, you know, had an impact on your growth in e-commerce? Everything. It's everything. Like it's such the, the learning curve is so steep. And you talked about business coaching. It's not just business coaching. It's mentors. It's, it's having the right people around you that are pouring in that are, you know, helping you with anything from referrals to, you know, just different tactics. Like 
there's so much to learn that it's overwhelming and really, you know, partnering and networking and building these relationships that, you know, you, that's, that's the best way to, to, to scale. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, even with good partners, there comes the challenge of innovating in a space, right? Like, um, you know, talking about uh, our business, you know, we're expanding to Australia, um, expanding to Canada, and we've ran into some challenges logistically. Um, you know, I think I think COVID has something to do with some of the Amazon delays and things like that, and just their their partner network really struggling right now. Um, but anytime you're taking on you know, innovation or, you know, new markets, there's, there's challenges. Um, but I know that at the end of the day, it's the right direction to be expanding in those areas. And I'm really excited about what those markets are going to look like. Um, what's it like being on a, a husband and wife team? I know you love it because I follow you on social media. Um, start off by saying where we can follow, where we can follow you and, and um, Aaron and Truth Becomes There. Sure. So um, Truth Becomes Her is just Truth Becomes Her, um, at Truth Becomes Her. Aaron is at Aaron, E-R-I-N, and Weideman, our last name is W-E-I-D-E-M-A-N-N, and it's Brent Weideman for me. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. I Everything I read about, everyone I talk to, you know, is always like, you know, how do you work with your wife? I couldn't imagine that. And I'm like, I actually like my wife. I like hanging out with her. Um, she's my favorite person and, you know, the number one person that I would pick to hang out with no matter what. So I think that this is such a, um, a superpower for us because we're able to, to do this together and there's no one that can outwork either one of us. And, and it's really neat to tackle these problems together uh, versus apart. And honestly, like the before when we were working other jobs, you, we were gone for, you know, eight to 10 hours a day and going and doing other different things. And it was like, we were, it's not like we were two ships passing in, in the night, but during those times, like I wasn't with her, I wasn't experiencing these different things with her. And so it, our, our just relationship has grown so much as we've gone through all these different obstacles. And it's so amazing that, you know, I'm around her and I get to hang out with her and we travel all over the world together and we, you know, get to do this. And, you know, our daughter um, gets to watch us, you know, tackle tough things and, and work through hard things and sees her mom on stage and sees her mom on TV and all these different things. And it's, it's so great because, you know, that's what I want when, when she gets, when Rooney gets married is I want her to have a spouse that, that, that challenges her, that pushes her, that supports her, that loves her. And, and really it's, it's great that she gets to see this example. No, I love that brand. I think that's a great reflection of, of the brand that you guys have. And the reason, you know, for the books in that space is, is exactly that, you know, at Magnology, I work with my sisters and totally, um, yeah, you guys are a traveling family band, <laughs> right? And I love uh, it. it's, I love it. it's just, I, it's not my wife, but it's my best friend. Right. And, totally. um, you know, we grew up as missionaries overseas in Africa and, um, that was what was taught to us was just, you know, we, we went through all those experiences together, um, win and lose together. And I like kind of just being uh, going against the grain a little bit in regards to all the advice around not working with family. Um, for me, I wouldn't change a thing. And this, this term entrepreneur is not a new term. I know people think it is, but it's not. And like a hundred years ago, everyone was an entrepreneur and families just did whatever they had to do to survive. And we're doing the same thing. And we have a, you know, a, a business that we run remotely, you know, where we get to travel all the time as a result of that. And it's, it's amazing. I honestly would not have it any other way. 
Yeah, and just in case you guys got a little bit of those social handles too fast, they will be in the links of the podcast. Um, our sponsor, Fullscale, there will be a link there if you guys want to check that out as well as my social medias, Brent's, Aaron's, Truth Becomes Her. You guys will want to follow along. They're a fun couple to watch travel and, um, you know, doing really fun stuff. Let's talk about Erin for a little bit. I know that she's kind of she's kind of the face of the brand. It's easy for you to talk about her. Um, you know, what's some stuff that that she's got going on? Um, and even if you want to take it into what's some of the stuff you guys have going on outside of Amazon um, to help grow the brand? I think some of those things I know you guys are always working, always have something in the works. And I think it can be helpful to anyone listening. Um, kind of some of the work that goes into to really creating a strong brand. Yeah, so I would say that the we have two major things that we're launching this year, and um, those two things would one is is the the second it's the second book in our series. Our first series is the Herd series, and this is the um, the second the second book in the series. It's called Ring Leaders. Um, we've been working on this for a while. It, the illustration it's a two hundred page book. The illustration lift on it was like seven months to do. It's a, it's a massive beast. Wow. So. It's a nine by nine chapter book. It's awesome. It we literally just sent it to the printer yesterday, so that's going to be launching at the end of October. And then also um, we have a women's leadership, a virtual women's leadership called Own Your Own Influence that's happening on September twenty twenty six. And uh, so Aaron, um, among uh, probably twenty five other major female Christian speakers, are going to be speaking about this. It's going to be a great event as well. So. Those are our two huge things that we have going on. And then just kind of the, the consistent things, Erin is still doing on-air messaging um, with Air One. And then um, her podcast, Heroes for Her, has been syndicated. And so that is still going weekly where um, it's a hybrid model of every other week she's speaking and then has a guest as well. Did Has Erin always worked in this like PR type, you know, front of the brand, you know, kind of... Um... I guess, career or role, or has that been something that like, you know, she stepped into as you guys created the brand together? No. So totally like this was not in our original business plan, like whatsoever at all. Um, really what this kind of came out of was she's a journalist major in, in college, but she, you, you know, when we first launched the company, we were selling books at events. And we also too knew that like she would go and speak at a, at a, at a mom's event or a woman's event for like a hundred dollars and knowing that we would sell, you know, $500,000 worth of books at the tail end of it. So we literally, after quitting our jobs and, and, and we lived off savings for years in coastal San Diego, which is not the place to not be taking a paycheck. Right. Um, and so, you know, out of necessity, out of how do we pay rent kind of thing, um, she started speaking and really it just exploded from there. Um, and she, you know, now speaks internationally and now, um, you know, is, speaks for world vision and just travels around the world and, and the country speaking and does radio and podcasts and everything like that. But that was a, a pivot of one of a million pivots that we've done, uh, that we saw success in and, and really just, I'm blown away to see what we're doing and what she's doing nowadays, um, since we first started, because this was just not in our plan at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I echo that sentiment myself, even in 2019 speaking. Um, so outside of my comfort zone, I, yeah. I know I, I can talk a lot, but it's usually like one on one, you know, or totally I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same way. I grew up with ministers, you know, speaking to thousands, honestly, and it was just never anything for me. Um, but just like the passion around, 
you know, business, the passion around entrepreneurship. Like, honestly, I feel like we're helping brands. That's what it feels like to me. We're helping them grow. We're helping them achieve their goals. And when I'm speaking about those things, something you're passionate about, it just becomes so much easier to overcome, you know, some of those fears when, when it's backed with passion. I'll, I'll take your word for that. I, I'm still not speaking publicly, so uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Veronica's, Veronica's kind of stepping up uh, like you are today in a, in a way, you know, Veronica's kind of, Veronica's my CEO and my, you know, my right hand. And, and she's been speaking at a couple of uh, women's events in Kansas City, uh, helping entrepreneurs and founders there. And so it's, it's just kind of cool to see it, um, you know, people step out of their comfort zones to get the job done, you know, like no one can outwork us kind of thing. And, you know, one of our hashtags is like, watch us work. Um, because I believe in transparency and authenticity and just being like, Hey, this is what it takes to really win. And you got to sometimes step into a role that maybe you didn't see, um, was there for you, you know? And I think that that's the coolest thing to see is when, you know, you see someone speaking and I know, you know, like Aaron's just crushing it right now. And I remember when she like would have never thought she was doing this. Um, those are the cool moments. Yeah, no, it, it's great. And it's been neat just to see her really step into her calling and really to see her, just shine and and really just operate in her unique ability. It's been beautiful. Yeah, one thing that I like, um, you know, growing up, business was almost taboo in regards to church and business. Um, you know, I know it's a nonprofit. I know they're related. I know it's tied in. There has to be cash flow and things like that for preachers to eat. And and there's all types of opinions around that. Um, but it was just never like business and church or business and faith was not something like equally discussed. Um, and for me, like it's, it's kind of full circle to be working with, um, you know, a faith-based brand um, years later, it, you know, past the ministry. That was kind of the one thing I was taught. Like if you're going to uh, have a ministry, you got to be, you know, a pastor, an evangelist or a missionary or something like that. It was kind of old school the way I was raised. And um, now being able to work with honestly multiple faith-based brands um, has been pretty cool. And then to, to just really see, um, I guess, such success in that space is, is, is a really fun project to be a part of. Well, I think, you know, ministries and nonprofits run best when they're run like a business. And God made me a business person and nonprofits need funding from business people in order to operate. And one right. of the things that, you know, I do consulting on the side and what I have a heart for and I have been passionate about is like helping ministries become sustainable. Uh, and so I think there's such a huge opportunity there where you have a lot of these people that are running nonprofits or ministries. And it's really neat because they're, they have a passion and they have the skill set, but it's not always operational. It's not always fundraising development. It's not always these other different things. And when you can come in and free them up or help them structure the organization in a way that they can then operate doing exactly what God's calling them to do and not being hung up by the, the business aspect of it. it. It's amazing to see the fruit of that. And that's something that I, you know, absolutely love doing. No, that's a great point. And someone that, I mean, I witnessed that firsthand, like in our missions trips and different things like that, it was like finances were always a huge, huge part of it. Um, and how do we make this, this is a great mission, but how do we keep it running, you know, and um, not everyone has that expertise. And that's something that I've learned, you know, on the consulting side as well on, on Amazon is some people are really good at making things or really good at storytelling or really good at, um, 
you know, branding or relationships and just don't understand kind of like how to make the machine work. And it's fun to be able to step in and um, solve that problem for them and, and let them excel. And I think what, you know, what you're talking about with people's, the skill set is such an interesting point that I kind of want to, I want to camp out on because yeah. people like, I think the, the biggest success that we've seen from Aaron and myself is really going, what, you know, what is the, looking at the 80, 20 principle going, okay, 20% of what we're doing makes up 80% of everything that we're doing. So we should technically be focusing on only that 20% and only doing that and then hiring else. Uh, all around there. And so we've been really focusing on over the past two to three years of building out a great team of people that are doing, you know, the things that we are not qualified at doing. So we are focused on solely the things that we are are doing, uh, that we do with excellence. And that's really where you've seen this, uh, our company extremely scale over the past couple of years is, is, a, is as a result of that. So I'm not wasting my time. And, and this isn't an ego thing. Like I, 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 I'm the, I do the lowest of the low jobs here. I ship the first 50,000 books out of my garage. I'll do anything, but I don't waste my time with things that are going to, you know, take up time from what I should be doing that are, that's creating so much more, you know, revenue and, and fruit. And so when Aaron and I really focused on working on building a team to take off the other, you know, 80% of what we're wanting, what we're, what we need to do to, to go through the day that's where you're really seeing the fruit of that. No. And I think that I can, I can echo that. I mean, I know we're aligned in a lot of things and it's, it's sometimes it's easier said than done, but for anyone listening, there's this fine line between you never really valued your time before as an entrepreneur, a business or as a person, like not really, not in the business sense, not until you give it a value and you actually believe that. So you really value your time. And then you kind of come to that realization or that level up as a business owner um, and then you're like, okay, my time is valuable. And you want to start like imposing that will where you can, you know, it's like, okay, that's, that's beneath me as, um, as humbly as I can say that, okay, that's something that only like, this is the only things I should be focusing on at 20%, at 20%, at 20%. And it becomes, it comes kind of this like balance of, well, I don't want to be rude, you know, and I don't like people pleasing and I don't want to sound egotistical and I don't want to sound, you know, this type of way. And am I caring about what too many people think? But this really is how I feel about my time now because I've kind of learned this principle. And I know that if I want to grow, I have to do all of these things. Um, I know for me, at least, like as someone that's very focused on those types of things and trying to get systems in my business, um, you know, it becomes this like kind of hard balance to maintain. Like, how do I really enforce this with my friends and my family? Let them know, you know, um, I try to separate those two things, but sometimes it's as simple as that as needing to have a conversation. How do I separate these things without sounding like a total uh, jerk, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, trying to say like, hey, this is my time. I shouldn't be focusing on this or, hey, this is, um, you know, this is, this is during my work day because people know, once people know, um, you know, you're an entrepreneur, or they, you know, they see what they think from the outside. They're like, okay, that person has freedom of time in the afternoon, or that person is taking trips on Wednesdays. You know, they just don't get it. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is like, how do you communicate that you're focusing on that 20%, staying super focused, not wasting your time? I know me and you share those emails, you know, not, not wasting our time. How do you do it in a polite, you know, business way that's not, <laughs> you know, that's not just like, Hey, totally. this is a jerk thing. I'd like to share that with the, with the listeners. 
Yeah, so I, it makes me think of this one book. I think the name of the book was called um, "No, I Can't Take You to the Airport," <laughs> and um, about you know being self-employed. Um, I, I used to I love saying no now, where before I didn't. Uh, we Aaron and I really worked hard to build a funnel, and uh, the funnel is family first, and so we build a you know with all these requests that come in from speaking to travel to partnership opportunities. There's a lot that's coming in. And um, we've really built a funnel. And the neat thing is, is that it, it allows us to keep our priorities correct. And we put every decision through that funnel. And then you can't get upset about the answer. And then it's like, it just makes sense that you just, you say, you just say no to it. And I, there's polite, different polite ways of, of saying no, depending upon it. But we've also too built a team that, you know, Aaron's got a speaking agent. Um, Aaron, we have an assistant, you know, we have different people that are interacting and saying no on our behalf versus us saying that. And so, and we've built that protection and we've built those, you know, gatekeepers, but even with them, the funnel that we built was designed by us to protect our family, which is the number one priority. I love that. And you kind of talk to it as a, as a funnel. Um, you know, our, our sponsor is fullscale.io today. And, and the founder of that company is Matt DeCourcy, who's also the founder of the startup hustle. Um, I, I'm sure all the listeners know him, but we, we spent Saturday afternoon last week, probably five or six hours together, um, just sitting in his backyard and, and talking about upcoming things, talking about systems, talking about sales funnels. Um, and that was something that I was bringing up and really looking for, you know, some insight is, you know, how do you, when you're in this, in this spot, you want to be people's nine one one that they call whenever they have a problem. Um, but you're also trying to build trust in team and kind of have these checks and balances. And, um, it was something that you just kept hammering in, you know, over and over and over is the power of no and, and the power of systems. Yeah, no, I think, I think that that's great. When did you, when did you guys bring in, you know, an assistant? When did you know that was time? It, it was long overdue. We just couldn't afford it, <laughs> but, um, we brought one on about, um, a year ago. And then in the past couple months, we brought her on full time. So she handles um, both anywhere from being an assistant to our community manager as well. She wears a lot of different hats. Of course, like any any startup. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something that I've been dabbling in. I've had two assistants. Both were part-time. Um, and, and at least in my particular instance, the part-time thing just, it wasn't enough to know everything going on. It was more like, you know, with their part-time, I could give them piecemeal projects um, but it wasn't really stopping the funnel or like, you know, really creating that stop gap for me. Um, so I'm working on, on kind of what my system will be like when I get that next assistant. And I know you can use virtual assistants and all these types of things, but, you know, personal relationship is a big part of my business and my strength as a person. Um, so I like having that connection and just how to do it effectively, how to do it efficiently. It's something that I, um, I admire about you, even from the outside, several years working together, I can tell. Um, you know, you really prioritize family and your time. Yeah. And I think the, the neat thing is going, you know, not asking yourself, can I afford this? It's, can I afford not to do this? And by having her on board, ha you know, having an assistant on board, it frees you up to do things that have, you know, that are just so much more valuable for your company and they will pay for the assistant multiple times over. Right. Um, for you, how big is it? How how important is it? Speaking of HR, I'm just having fun with it. Is 
how important is it to like find the right person versus like getting a person and training them for the job? Something my mentor was talking about, let me see if I can reword that was a lot of times when you hire the right person, you know, right away versus, you know, needing to really, really train them to get them to a point where they can, you know, take stuff off your plate. Well, I think I'm always, I, I only hire the right person and really like work hard on referrals and really asking people that I trust to get, you know, the right people to hire. And that's so important. We've fired people that are executing well, but aren't team players, you know, that are not, do not have the mentality, the po positive mentality and a can, you know, do all mentality. Um, and so it is all about the right person, but just because it's the right person doesn't mean that, that you don't have to train them. There's still a ton of training. And, you know, I have our assistant on calls all the time so she can hear even just how I'm talking to partners, how I'm describing our business, how I'm describing our, our infrastructure and all these different things. So it's, and, and that's never going to stop, you know, because I want her to, to work herself out of a job and then hire someone underneath her. And so, um, that's never going to, that's never going to stop that, that, that yeah. training process. I, I a hundred percent echo that sentiment. I think that if someone is going to replace you and that's, you know, what I'm ultimately working in my business is how do I step out of this position, out of this position, out of the next position? Um, you know, you can't have that mindset of like, I'm not going to train them and I'm not going to put as much time into their training as I put into my own education. Um, and that's something we preach really big at Marknology is just like, further educate, further educate, 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 educate. We're in such a self-education space in general in regards to e-commerce. Um, a lot of it is just, you know, self-teaching, A-B testing um, all the time. Let's go back to that coaching. Um, you know, I know you and Aaron uh, did some of that stuff together and you can share as much or as little as you want to, but, you know, how big or how important is, has that continued education thing been um, in your role as an entrepreneur and you guys growing together as a team? Well, we're forever learners, um, you know, and we're constantly learning new things and, you know, I'm even picking up new hobbies and fun things as well. So, you know, it's, we're always wanting to educate ourselves. We're always wanting to, to work harder on our relationship and on our marriage. And the, we've done, you know, business coaching that has, you know, really expanded and, and been in different things from business to fa to family to lots of different things. And so I, I personally think that if you're not working on your marriage, if you're not working on your relationship, then it's dying. And so there's always ways that we can communicate better or support each other better or, you know, do things even smarter. And so it, it's so, it's so incredibly invaluable. And really just going back to what I was talking about before with mentors I have great people around me that I've looked at and been like, I see the fruit of your marriage or I see the fruit of your business. And, and, and I've said, I want this help me to get to this point that you are, that you're in. And so it's amazing too, because I, I rather learn pe from people's mistakes too. And I'd rather learn from, uh, you know, Hey, watch out for this or, Hey, you know, this is, this was a big stumbling obstacle for us. Make sure that you're paying attention to that. And so that's been just so incredibly helpful. And I, we're just always, whether it's honestly a book or it's a seminar, we've done conferences, we've hired like private um, business coaches. We've had, you know, personal coaching, you know, we're in, we, I just wrapped up a 
uh, the master's program, which is a three-year entrepreneur, kingdom entrepreneurial focused uh, program. Thank you. And Aaron's halfway through that right now. And like that has been just absolutely epic uh, going through that. And so we're just constantly always trying to just learn. The yeah, day we die. I love what you said about the right person. I think that, you know, you you always hire the right person because you're trusting your relationships that you've been building for referrals or um, if it's not the right person, you let them go. I think that part of finding the right person and building that culture is someone that wants to continually learn. You know, if Absolutely. they if they're like, I want to learn these things, and then just do my job like they're not made to be at a startup. Yeah. If you don't need yeah. yeah. If, if, if they like, and you can tell that stuff before they start working at your company, you know, totally. you, can, you can ask those questions. You can know those things. You can do a little research and know, um, you know, what have they been doing the last five years? What have they been doing to, you know, get themselves to this position? And that's something that at least at Marknology in the Amazon space, you know, over the last nine years of me helping brands on Amazon is it's just changed over and over and over and over. And e-commerce has changed over and over and over. And if you're not, you know, willing to continue to learn and step ahead and innovate, you're going to be left behind. It's just um, super important. Totally. You should uh, have have a uh, in your hiring mode to have them bring in or take a snapshot of their sh- the shelf of their books. Yeah. <laughs> Make a hiring decision based upon that. My dad always said, if you are on a date and you like step into her door, you go in her house and there's no books anywhere, you just need to call it off. <laughs> you know? He's like, if you don't see any books, I know we live in an ebook world now, okay? But uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a physical book, I'm f- obviously with my company, but we're even outside of my company, I'm a physical book guy. I've gotten more physical in all things as my business has been more, you know, on a computer than when it was in the past. In the past, like all my hobbies were like computers and digital, and now it's like my career, and I'm I'm like switching hobbies to more physical things. Let's uh let's switch gears here as we just like wrap it up. What are some what are some new hobbies um, you or you and your wife are are digging into specifically during uh, all this social distancing? All right, so this is insane, but we went to Montana uh, for the for the month of June. We we just decided to get get off the grid and get away from everyone. Went up to Whitefish, Montana, and uh, we're there for the entire month. And while um, we were on vacation, we bought a house. And so we okay. left San Diego and we left San Diego. Um, we, we drove back down uh, in July. We sold everything that we own and then we moved up here to Whitefish. So I am in Montana right now. Uh, so, you know, we really were like, why not? Um, let's try something new. We're ready for a new adventure. And because we can work anywhere that we have Wi-Fi, um, we just decided to do it. So I, I'm like a week into being here in Montana and, and I'm furnishing an entire house from scratch. But I'm I'm gonna be I'm 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 getting into it, man. I'm 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 gonna start hunting and do some fly fishing and snowmobiling and four wheeling and all that stuff. So I'm pumped. No, that's I'm super, super cool. That that's super cool. And I didn't know that. I knew you were taking the trip in June, but I didn't know where exactly. Um, yeah. Do you have like is did you have family in San Diego? Like, did they you know buck that decision at all or? Um, is it just kind of like your immediate family that, you know, made the move? Talk to me about that. So, yeah. So no, we, we, my aunt and uncle, who I'm very close with live in San Diego, but the rest of my family are on the East coast. And, um, they were sad that we were leaving, but they were super happy because they just saw the opportunity and it's slower here. And we're, you know, with the company, the grind of the company, it's, it's great to be in like a calm place. And honestly, like, I'm just, 
I'm over being in a super populated place. I think COVID really kind of shined a magnifying glass on that. And um, with just our our travel with us normally traveling all the time and um, not being able to really do that as much right now, it just was, you know, we thought we'd just go to the mountains. The mountains are calling. I love it. I, I just bought, I'm not going to say how much it was, but I just bought a high-end kayak, a fishing kayak. Um, for the Me same too. I, I bought one yesterday. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, have to my talk daughter. Off. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to talk offline. They didn't pay for this airtime, so I'm not going to give them <laughs> airtime. Uh, but no, I, I've only got it out twice since I've had it, but it's it's so much fun, and I'm just kind of you know reconnecting with, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, our, our the amount of problems we face in a day is 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 a lot more than I would say the average person, or the number of at least like communications that go on. You know, it can be really um, fast paced, especially if you're in a, you know, a growing business and you're pushing it cause you want it to grow. It can be super, super fast paced and your habits and your hobbies can change as fast as everything else, I think. And for me, you know, I used to love to travel and go to shows. I went, I went to like 60 shows in 2019, I think. And, um, I just love it. It's loud. It's my brain's quiet when it's loud. And, um, you know, I just love that, but those are gone because of, you know, what's going on in 2020. And so having to adapt, I'm like, I just want to get out with a fishing pole and no cell phone reception for a couple of hours. Re and reconnect to nature. It's good for you. Yeah. No, we're, really we're trying to keep our brains and our bodies are trying to keep up with technology, which is impossible. And it's not what we were meant to create it to be. And so, you know, really it's, it's challenging because you're running a, a, a company where you have to problem solve all the time and it's amazing and great and it's very hard. And so making sure that you're, you're taking those breaks and making sure that you're reconnecting with nature and, and, you know, having, you know, sabbaticals and, and relaxing and truly turning it off, which is a journey in itself. It's and super I, important. I think that I'm learning that balance. Um, balance doesn't have to be 50, 50, you know, balance can be, three weeks of like absolute grind in the business and then taking a week off, you know, balance can be different for each person. As long as you're finding that reconnect, finding that or that disconnect, um, whatever that looks like for you. And for me, that's, that's sometimes obsession for a couple of weeks, knowing that I have a trip or some kind of, um, you know, release down the road. Some people try to find balance in every single day. You know, I, I know that it's just different, but, I love your guys's move. I can't help but smile a little bit, you know, just because um, there's a part of me that, you know, we do Airbnbs here in Kansas City and we have about 21 doors um, in my business, AKC Co. And one of my big, I guess, dreams or goals in business is to have Airbnbs around the world in several locations that I really enjoy and being able to just, you know, bounce between them as a digital uh, digital nomad, digital entrepreneur, um, and bounce between my properties. And I, I kind of imagine it like that. I imagine it going to a place like Bogota, Colombia, or somewhere in Montana, trying to be there 30 days and see if I like a place and, um, you know, either acquiring a property or making it a goal to get a property there and, and being able to escape. So hats off to you for that. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, I don't make it out to Montana ever, but now I have a friend there. So I like it. You got an apartment above the garage. You're welcome to come stay whenever you want to. Awesome. Well, we might have to make that happen. I'm, I'm, my, I grew up as a, my parents were dairy farmers in Oklahoma. 
And around here in Kansas City, it just had a negative connotation with like being from the country. And, um, you know, so always kind of was like, oh, and then Africa was tough, tough, tough. So it was just like technology, te technology felt new and clean and, and classy, you know, in a way. And, um, but times change. And, and I'm like, man, that, that day I spent out with the doors off the Jeep or with the kayak and the fishing pole is, um, you know, really enjoyable. And I, I like to just share this stuff because um, it's not things you don't know how to do something that you've never done. Right. And so for some people, it's like they don't know how to get out of their head or they don't know how to shut it off or they don't know how to disconnect because they've never really had that level of pressure as an entrepreneur. And now they do. And um, whether you want to call them coping mechanisms or hobbies or things like that, um, what they did in the past just might not be sufficient now. I know that that was something that I went through. And um, especially when you absolutely love what you do, when you when you love what you're doing, um, you know, it can almost become an addiction of sorts and um, just work, 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 work. And how do you find that connect? How do you find that quiet time, um, you know, to, to step outside yourself? Yeah, no, I think that's great. Well, what just finding that that margin and then also to just, you know, one of the reasons we moved up here was just to have the the space to be able to have the hobbies. We were in San Diego and it, it was we were half mile of the beach and it was amazing and we loved it, but just, you know, very little space, people on top of people. There are just way too many people. We went from, you know, a million plus people there to, you know, I think there's 7,000 people in my town here. <laughs> I love it. And everything's on Amazon anyway, right? So yes. you, can, you can get whatever you need within a couple of days. No, no. no. So our Amazon Prime is, is a week. So oh, I'm, really? adjusting, I'm adjusting to that. That's been very challenging for me. So, That's, but God's slowing me down. Yeah. yeah, he is. It's like he sent Moses out to the wilderness. <laughs> I, no. I'm there. Uh, okay. Before we go, let's leave, let's leave the listeners with one more thing. Like if you had to say that you have a superpower as an entrepreneur, um, what would that be? I would say building relationships. The The currency that I operate on is relational equity. And really, if you look at any of our big wins, I can draw a direct line back to a relationship that I built. And I think that people don't invest in relationships and um, people don't realize how important networking um, and business development truly is. And so that's really, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier with just like our unique abilities, that's one of the major things that I'm focusing on that brings massive, massive growth, branding exposure, et cetera, to our company. And so that's really what I've worked to being in a role focusing, you know, solely on that. No, and in a world of funnels and systems and automation and um, I think that's so important is there still has to be that relationship aspect. Um and you have to put in that time. Not everything is like super easy. Relationships are hard. All relationships, you know, if you're choosing from one relationship to give to the other. And that's something I try to remember. Something Veronica is always harping to me. Like, you know, she's like, stay yourself. People like who you are. Um, you know, like just continue to do your thing. It's not about being somebody else. If you're good at business, you're good at business. If, you, if you're good at what you do, you're going to be good at what you do. Be yourself spend that extra time on that phone call instead of like having that hard stop at 12 minutes, you know? And, um, she's like, you know, that's, what's gotten us this far is relationship. And I, I take that all the way back to probably growing up in the church and just that importance of community, um, taking it over to business. 
Brent, thank you for sharing everything. I know you stepped up in Aaron's place today and I really appreciate <laughs> you. I just, I really wanted to have you guys on the show. You're one of, um, you know, the biggest um, faith-based book brands that we work with. And I think what you guys have accomplished is super, super cool. To everybody listening, um, make sure you find them on social. You're going to want to follow the new book release. You're going to want to follow his uh, Brent's travels in Montana. Hopefully you're sharing that on Instagram so I can kind of have fun with you. And um, I really appreciate having you on the show, Brent. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.